Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you're listening to us. We want to thank you in advance. We as fans have always appreciate your input as fellow fans. When you're happy, we're happy. When you're upset, we are too. But sometimes we're just a little bit more honest. We are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. You can find us on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. I'm your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. You can find me on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Our other hosts for this special episode are Terry Cushman coming to us from Myrtle Beach in South Carolina by way of Windham, Maine, and Micah Storms coming to us from Reading, Pennsylvania. Micah, how are you doing, and where can the fans find you on Twitter? I'm doing well, Charlie. This is the first time we've had a chance to talk together, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I'm, I'm good. It was a, a, busy, a busy day on Twitter with the trade, um, so I feel like it's, it's we're gearing up towards what the next week is going to be. Um, and the fans can find me at Ballpark Buzz on Twitter. Thank you, Micah. I know I'm super excited that we get to work together. Unfortunately, under some sad circumstances, at least in my opinion, uh, but still happy we get the chance to connect together today. And Terry, or Terrence, as it says here in the chat, how are you and where can the fans find you on Twitter? I am, in the words of Eric Clapton, feeling wonderful tonight. And um, I can be found at Cushman MLB. And while it's my turn on the mic, I'm just going to do my annoying soda pop right now. And we are good. Charlie called me out a couple episodes ago. He's like, I heard this. I heard this. And someone opened a soda. I'm like, the soda was definitely me, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was definitely some soda or a beer. It's the unofficial sound of college that everybody knows. But Today's episode, a little bit uh, unique for some, hurts for some, happy for others. I don't think that all of us are aligned with this one. An emergency podcast episode coming to you. The Boston Red Sox have shipped Kike Hernandez back to the Los Angeles Dodgers, the only team that he has played for outside of the Boston Red Sox for a couple of minor league pitchers. I know that there was an absolute firestorm on our podcast because of how certain people responded to myself, to Micah, to everybody under the sun. But uh, genuinely, I think it's going to be interesting to, to hear everybody's uh, take on this one. So, Micah, why don't you lead us off? We haven't had the opportunity to work together. Looking forward to seeing our, our speedy tall guy go first. <laughs> I don't know how tall I really am. I mean, I'm, I'm six foot, but I don't know if that classifies as tall tower uh, over us (laughs) i don't know when i play on a uh, on a basketball court i don't feel so tall um but um with the kike trade this kind of it just felt like this was going to be the outcome over the weekend we knew that with pablo reyes coming back that they needed to they had a roster crunch and they needed to move someone and it ended up being kike and Personally, I think this was a no-brainer. I do think Kike was the the guy that had to be uh, moved just because defensively you can't trust him in the infield. He can't play in the outfield because you have four um, really good outfielders. And offensively, he just hasn't really been there since 2021. Um, So with Kike, I'm still a huge fan. I hope he finds it in L.A., I think 
what he did in 2021. I, I heard a couple of people say, well, it was really just two months. In 2021, he was a four-win player, and he was really good wherever they played him. And in the postseason, he carried the Red Sox. You know, I, on your recent show, you talked about uh, Xander Bogarts and just how he doesn't perform in the playoffs. And that was true in 2021, but it was Kike who really carried the Red Sox and, and got them at least past the Rays. And uh, I will always appreciate Kike for his enthusiasm, energy. It just, unfortunately, it ends on bad terms. Um, while I was walking my dog today, I was thinking, when was the last time the Red Sox traded away a player and they didn't receive a big league player back, but yet they still are trying to win? I couldn't think of a, a scenario where that really happened because I do think this team – I, I think Kike was the the odd man out. I think Pablo Reyes absolutely deserved to to earn he earned that spot. But when was the last time they would trade away a piece, not bring one in, and say, "Yeah, we're trying to win still." I I, I could not think of a of a, a scenario where that was the case. You know, I went back to Nomar, but they got Orlando Cabrera back in that you know in the deal. So it just. I don't know. I couldn't think of one, but I, I that ran through my mind. I thought that was super interesting. Are you talking about shortstops only? No, I was just talking about in general. Like, when do they just ship a, ship away a player towards the trade deadline? Well, don't get any big league pieces back, but they're still trying to win. Vasquez was for two minor leaguers. Yeah, but they weren't trying to win when they made oh, that deal. Oh, like okay. right now, I, think, I would yeah. right now I would say that they're at least. I wouldn't say they're they're buyers, but they're certainly not sellers in this regard. There's already been rumors and speculation that some teams are in on uh, Paxton. I'm not buying for one second that we're trying to win right now. I'm not. We're just we didn't do it to, to start the season. We didn't do it last year. We didn't do it the year before that. Terry and I have been incredibly aligned with um, the fact that that fluky year that we made the playoffs only justified any of the Bluminati's opinion about I am Bloom trying to build a contender. This team is not playoff bound. This team isn't playoff ready. You don't even have a starting rotation. And now you're shipping off one of the biggest clubhouse guys, regardless of how he was doing this year. Mike, you already touched up on it. was one of the major reasons why we did well in the playoffs when we were there. And all of a sudden, now we're just going to pretend like he did nothing. We're going to ship him off. There are three other three guys right now. Like I get it. Pablo Reyes is hitting 300 or so, give or take. It was either bring him up or do nothing with him. He's having a, a, a great year in a uh, limited sample size. And Kike's having, without a question, the worst defensive year of his career. But I've said on multiple occasions, there are so many other parts to a player when you're on a team. If you're a clubhouse cancer, you could be the biggest hitter on the team. You're gone. Hunter Renfro arguably was, you know, one of the better hitters of our team a couple years back, and they shipped him away to bring back Jackie Bradley. And Hunter Renfro was not a bad ball player, but there were some rumbles of him being not so nice to folks and teammates in the clubhouse. He's literally been on five different teams in the last five years, I think. So clubhouse guy, check. Recruit top-tier talent or elite players that, for lack of a better term, 
want to go to a team. I mean, you bring in Kenley Jensen, you're at least trying to pretend like you're you're a contender. You bring in Chris Martin, who's one of the best eighth inning guys. You bring in Justin Turner, who multiple people have said, my girlfriend's dad especially, loves talking about Justin Turner, complete hitter, like the perfect hitter, can hit it to all places without without question. And, and Kike, Terry, talked about this, turned down probably more money, maybe twice as much money, to come back to Boston because we said, we said, we will put a winning team around you. Guess what? We didn't do that. And, and then we didn't fulfill our promise. We shipped him off. Bye. And I got chewed out for saying, we're not a destination city. Are you out of your goddamn, does anybody really think, oh yeah, if you come to Boston, you're going to be a winner right now? Really? Really? I mean, I'll go toe-to-toe with literally anybody, including like some of the people that we used to associate with, those cowards that hide behind a keyboard that never had the stones to say anything to my face are all of a sudden being really chatty Cathy's on Twitter. Absolute jokes. You're complete cowards. I will call you out. You want to say something? You know where I am. You have my number. Just, it's unbelievable. The, the amount of bull that I've seen today. It's, it's just, it's crap. It's absolute crap. Here's my take. Um, I don't, I don't mind the trade. A, a couple of things went majorly wrong here. Uh, the first one, Kike Hernandez couldn't be average at shortstop. If he's average, he's an everyday player. We're not talking about Yu Chang. We're not talking about, well, I take that back. When Trevor Story comes back, Kike's still the other infielder. We're not talking about Yu Chang. We're not talking about Pablo Reyes. We're not talking about Christian Arroyo, who might get traded this weekend, by the way, if Story does come back, because there's there's hints of that. Uh, but that's we'll get to that when, when it happens. But so Kike couldn't even be average. That that was one of the things that went wrong. The other thing that went wrong for him was Jaron Duran became Jesus all of a sudden and could magically start hitting the ball, steals bases, is, I, I haven't looked at his defensive metrics, but I'm guessing he he's probably not a negative defender. Don't quote me. But he's, he's very adequate in the outfield. Is he as good of a center fielder as Kike is? No, absolutely not, because I do think Kike was an elite center fielder. But for mm-hmm. most of the season, Duran has been an elite bat. So those two things went wrong for Kike and, you know, so it's half on him and and he was half unlucky that Duran became the revelation that he was. So I, I'm not going to miss Kike. He, he, everybody knows nobody on this crew hates Heim Bloom more than me. And Kike Hernandez to me will, excuse me, always be one of the faces of the Bloom era. So one thing, Kike Hernandez, you're absolutely right. You touched up on it. Really bad luck. Why did Jaron? Charlie's frozen. Yeah, he just dropped out. Yeah. Um, so here he is. Maybe. <laughs> We do this live, folks, and I don't edit. So, okay, sorry, guys, I'm back. Why? Why did Duran 
become as good as he did. How did that happen? According to him, he put some work in with Dustin Pedroia, and Pedroia changed where he was holding his hands, and apparently that was the difference. Nothing to do with that. Oops. Adam Duvall gets injured. Adam Duvall gets injured. Jaron Duran gets an opportunity. Jaron plays out of his freaking mind, therefore kicking Kike out of the position he should have been at. For some odd reason, even though he was playing short, Everyone thought, oh, he's going to be our everyday shortstop. That's going to be the thing. His defense played him out of short. Kike Hernandez was never a full-time ball player. The Boston Red Sox wanted to, again, in their infinite wisdom, convert someone who was not an everyday player to becoming an everyday player. It didn't work for a relief pitcher, who's now a closer for the Colorado Rockies. It didn't work with one of our current pitchers, who's still not 100%. And now it's not working for one of our former players who just got shipped to the Dodgers. I'm talking about Whitlock, talking about Kike, and then obviously Daniel Bard. Micah, please. So, Charlie, I guess my question to you is how would Kike fit on this roster for the remainder of the season? Like, he's a great clubhouse guy, but you only have 26 spots. And how does he fit into the lineup? Because he was rarely playing over the last two weeks. He's not very good against lefties, and he's terrible against righties. You can't play him at shortstop. You already have Arroyo, and you have Pablo Reyes, and you know Story's coming back. So who knows? Maybe Yu Chang starts playing some second base. Like well, you already have a just bottled up middle infield. You have so many options. Where would he fit into the lineup? Because you can't just have one of your 26 roster spots as a clubhouse guy, because those roster spots are valuable. I just don't see, even if I, I agree with you, he did bring in a lot of the players that are impacting the Red Sox right now. But at the end of the day, you have to perform on the field. And we are now approaching August and the results just were never there all at all. He, he never really had a stretch where it was like, okay, Kike's getting going. It's really been the same inconsistent, you know, lots of strikeouts, poor contact all season long. So first off, I don't think Yu Chang is, is the answer. I, I think a guy who starts off 0 for 16, it's a home run, and then is like 3 for 30, 3 for 33, He's batting 091 with a couple of dingers because he got lucky is an answer. I don't think Yu Chang has a place here. That's one. Get rid of him. I don't want him. Christian Arroyo is like glass. You could surround that man in bubble wrap and he'd still find a way to get hurt. I don't want Christian Arroyo on the team. Christian Arroyo doesn't move the needle for me. He hasn't moved the needle for San Francisco, didn't move for Tampa Bay, didn't move it for Cleveland for a cup of coffee. And all of a sudden, the last three, four years, he hasn't done it for me either. Sorry, Christian. I'd still rather take Kike over you. You play a couple of positions. You do basically the same thing. But for some odd reason, we think that Arroyo is a better option than Kike Hernandez. Arroyo only plays two positions. Kike, who can play literally seven, and has only been playing three, maybe four this year for the Red Sox. Um, to your point, I will give you Pablo Reyes uh, hitting 300, limited sample size, really curious to see what's going to happen. But truth be told, Kiki Hernandez is going to 
refine himself as a member of the, the, the Dodgers. I don't know how good he's going to be defensively. Hopefully he can refine himself because he, it's turned into like the Chuck Knobloch syndrome. It's ugly. I hate when he's playing short defensively. But there's, it's, it, we're, it's the intangibles for me that we're just not talking about. For me, Arroyo I can deal without. Yu Chang I can deal without. I wish Alfaro was an infielder so we could send him to the moon. Uh, you know, just like awful. Like it's just – it's terrible. And I, I do feel bad because at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. There's going to be casualties. You got limited options for what you can do. But for super utility guys – who can do what he does better than him as far as playing multiple positions? And when he does, when he does click, it's, it's good. It's really, really good. Who does it better than him? Brock Holt isn't here anymore. Who does it better? I, I just, we haven't seen it in four months. I think that's the thing. It's like he had his, even if he showed glimpses throughout this year, it's like, well, you know, he had a good May. Well, he didn't have a good May. He hasn't had a good month all year long. And that's the that's the part where it's like, I just don't know where does he fit. And I I, I don't know. I mean, I think Pablo Reyes, I, I think this was a big day for him because Pablo Reyes has become a big leaguer, I feel like, officially now because they've said, you know what, we're going to get rid of a veteran player and Pablo Reyes is now a big leaguer officially. And I, I thought that was a cool move. thought it was the right move. Um, Charlie said you could you could get rid of Yu Chang, but right now they need a shortstop. I don't know if you feel comfortable with, with Pablo Reyes as your shortstop every day until Story comes back. So I, I think uh, keeping Chang was necessary for his defense. And at, at this point, Chang's bat might suck, but so did Kike's. And Chang isn't hurting you, you know, throwing the ball to first. Kike was destroying you. So I'm totally good with that. And, and Pablo Reyes is on a short sample size, but they're using him almost exclusively against lefties. And he's hitting over 400. So I think at this point, with just a couple months left in the season, you that's the that's the path you have to take i really believe that here, here. ultimately here, here's the thing too if kiki hernandez comes back to boston i'm curious with both of your with both of your opinions here coming into play kiki hernandez first time back in boston standing ovation or booed or nothing i think It'll it'll be a positive reception, but not overwhelming. Um, it, it was kind of hilarious to see the the Bluminati just like turn on him. You know, <laughs> I mean, we saw some key members just kind of lashing out. Uh, but it is what it is. I mean, he was a big part of that playoff run in the month of October. I'm talking about. I mean, do we get to Game Six? against Houston without that offensive performance from Kike. I I mean, he, he'll always have that. I'm just going to see him play in LA now. And in his first game, he's going to hit a home run. It's going to happen. He's probably going to make some stupid, crazy defensive play. And everyone's just going to laugh. And everybody is going, everyone on Twitter is going to say, and I could be completely wrong. It could be it could be totally true where I could be wrong again, 
It's happened. The difference is that I admit it. Other people that we've worked with in the past don't. Other people that listen don't. Kiki Hernandez is very good chance that he finds himself in L.A. like a lot of other players have. And he's going to hit a home run in his first at-bat. Or first game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Even if that does happen, though, that wasn't going to happen in Boston. Like I really firmly believe that. He may work with the hitting coaches in LA. There was reports that JD Martinez discovered something in his, in, in watching a video of Kike and they think they have a, a small little tweak. He may discover a, a small tweak in LA. And next thing you know, he's back to hitting 260 with a little bit of power. That was never going to happen in Boston though. He was getting one or two games a week. You're not going to make big turnarounds playing once or twice a week. It's just not going to happen. And he just didn't deserve the playing time over the other guys. And that's even saying Yu Chang, but he didn't deserve to play over Yu Chang because of the defense. So I, if people say, oh, look at Kike in LA. Yeah, he might turn it around, but it was never going to happen in Boston. It just, the, the circumstances and it just, it felt like, it felt like the entire fan base really turned on Kike uh, maybe minus you, Charlie. <laughs> um, but it really felt like me. that. Not me. Absolutely not. And and here's the thing. like, It's going to start with Kike. Who are they going to turn on next? When it starts to get tough, who, 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 who are they going to turn on? Because it's not going to end with this. It's not going to end with Kike. It, there's going to be another one. There's going to be a third one. There's going to be a fourth one. So who's next? And then are people going to jump down my throat for that too? Because probably we, we just deal with cowards on Twitter. So let's uh, talk about the trade package real quick. Uh, we got two AAA minor league relievers. One uh, is Nick Robertson. He is probably the better of the two prospects. Uh, pitching to a 2.54 ERA right now. A whip just under one. Uh, on paper, not bad. Justin. Oh, and uh, Nick Robertson is... 25 years old turns uh, just turned 25 my bad birthday's the day after mine then you got Justin Hagenman uh, also plays for their AAA affiliate in Oklahoma City kind of a weird place you know Oklahoma City it's just so far away from them it's not like you can just hop on a plane real quick or or even drive to the park but Hagenman uh, very similarly uh, has a 2.78 uh, ERA with a whip just over one. So both of their, you know, lines look pretty good as far as this season goes. Hagenman, though, will be 27 years old in October, and he's never played at the major league level yet. Robertson, the first prospect I was talking about, did have a cup of coffee with the Dodgers. I forget how many appearances, but he pitched uh, 10 innings for them out of their bullpen and gave up seven earned runs in those uh, 10 innings. So not good, not a good uh, introduction to the major league. So what are you guys' thoughts on this? Because I, it's a wait and see type of thing for me. I mean, you can't, the Bluminati is probably raving about it right now, drooling all over it. It's a slam dunk. Heim fleece the Dodgers. And uh, I'm just saying right now, not so fast. 
I don't think there was any fleecing of, of anyone in this deal. I actually think this is a deal that could work out for both sides. Um, in terms of the prospects, Robertson's intriguing. I like that they're both triple A arms. So they are in theory one injury. Well, I guess Robertson's on the 40 man. So he's one injury away of being called up or he could be called up at any time, essentially. Um, I'm not too concerned with the cup of coffee, the the poor numbers in, in LA. I think the stuff from what I read, it, it's encouraging a, a, a good pitch mix. You know, usually the Red Sox, we've talked about this before, Terry, with Jason, when I've been on, the Red Sox are not known for fixing pitchers. Um, and I think a lot of people think if the Dodgers can't figure you out, then maybe no one can figure it out. Um, but with the limited sample size and just the fact that he's young, maybe the Red Sox see just a small tweak in his pitch mix. And next thing you know, maybe he's, he's out there. And I, I got to be honest, I would much rather see him out there than Garza. Garza should not be on this, in this organization anymore. So I would much rather see Robertson than him. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to add to this was not only with the players, uh, is a big deal because I think getting two pitchers for Kike, who's a rental and been terrible, is, is a pretty good get. But they saved $1.1 million. And if they end up adding a piece, that's $1.1 million that they have additional to spend or to, to use before they go over the luxury tax. This team cannot go over the luxury tax. They need to reset the luxury tax. So any money that they can put towards that um, if they are indeed going to add uh, in next week's trade deadline, I think that's a bonus. So they, they save some money and hopefully they use that money and they, they try to add a piece at the deadline or two. What do you add for a million dollars, Micah? Well, they have, I think they have $6.9 million now until the luxury tax. So it's just a little bit more wiggle room. They were at 5.8. So now they're at 6.9. So it's just a little bit more wiggle room. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it does matter. But um, they can't go over that number. They, they cannot go over the $6.9 million number because then you're you're getting another year of penalties and they just can't afford that. They should not have went over it last year. This year, even if they want to add, they can't do it. They can't go over it. I, I, I mean, I just don't know what you're going to get for $6.9 million. That's going to make this team better. Unfortunately, you need more money. You need more money than 6.9 right now. You're not going to be able to get uh, a bona fide starter for 6.9. You're you're not going to get I, I mean I mean you got to realize though Charlie, they're, you're not paying the entire salary of a player. You're only paying August and September. So, you know, a Jordan Montgomery, if that's that's someone that, you know, I, I've heard the Red Sox could be linked to. He's not going to cost $6.9 million. His contract for two months is not going to be that because of the prorated salary. And what's what's he getting paid right now? I, I don't know that number off the top of my head, but I, I do yeah. believe if they were to acquire Jordan Montgomery, they would be under. Oh, the Cardinals are also really struggling right now. I'm going to check it up right now. And no, that's true. Like It's not going to be 6-9 um, for, for two months of service. It's not like you're getting the, the best pitcher in baseball, but – uh, Montgomery right now is making 10 million. So maybe a couple million there, three, three, four, it's half, half your pot right there. Um, or, or close to it. I just, I don't know. Just, I, 
we're in last place in the ALEs. This has been a, a just a, a crap year, and it started off crap and hasn't gotten any better. I'm just upset. This is just sad. Just sad. Uh, so a couple other things that come to mind. Crazy double play just happened, by the way, in the game. <laughs> Or maybe it was even a triple play. That, that was a triple play. That yeah, was they, a triple they ran, play. <laughs> they ran themselves into a triple play. The bad days running from the other night just <laughs> continues. Ridiculous. Runners on first and second triple play. So the audience probably already knows about this, but who was that? Who flew out? It was Casas flew out. Casas, Duvall got... Casas flew out, yeah. And then Duvall couldn't get back to first in time. So he was out. And then... Runner on second was Yoshida. He tries stealing third because he felt like it, apparently. And uh, he didn't make it to third. Wow, <laughs> that was just crazy. He just can't do that. That was the, the most Red Sox thing ever. Um, but anyway, so one of the last things we can discuss here, it just comes to my mind, is I, I in a lengthy tweet kind of made the case that the Red Sox could trade Alex Verdugo. And I'm thinking a little bit less likely now. And by the way, you'd be shocked at how many people in this fan base are even willing to trade him. It's crazy guys on just a tiny slump and, and they'll trade him. <clears throat> but it, here's why it's hard. I mean, you've got Yoshida, Duran Duvall, who's linked to the Braves, by the way, Duvall. Uh, and then you got Ref Snyder. So Yoshida, Duran, Duvall, Ref Snyder. If you have a key injury in there, I mean, who do you have at that point? You're kind of hurting. So, but you, Verdugo's deal, I think, was worth just under, what, $7 million? So that would be potentially more money that would come off. Although they would probably make Heim pick up the tab. It's crazy to me that he had to pay two point whatever million remaining of Kike's deal. But, but yeah. So is there any other chances either Verdugo or Duvall get moved? I guess. Can you afford to get rid of another outfielder if theoretically you're trying to contend? Micah, you want to go first on this? Sure. I, I do think they can get rid of an outfielder. I, I do think if an injury happens, it, it definitely becomes a little riskier. I would imagine Rafaela and AAA, who's tearing it up, would probably be an option um, to come up and be um, kind of just an option off the bench. But do you really want him playing? If you're trying to win games in August and September, do you really want a, a rookie you know, who has had a history of, of – poor batted ball uh, data. Do you want him facing big league pitching for the first time? I'm not sure that's the answer. Um, but with Verdugo, I, I do agree, Terry. I, I, it's quite surprising that fans are are so willing after, what, a bad 30-game 30, 30 stretch or so maybe. Uh, it's a little surprising. The only thing I can think of is his value, even though he is struggling, the fact that a team would get two more months an off season to negotiate and then next year still is super valuable. You get, you know, more time than if you deal him in the off season or something like that. And Verdugo, I would imagine his, his contract next year would be 11, 12 or 13 mil somewhere, probably around there. So the Red Sox could save that money and go put that money towards a pitcher. And then you have Duran 
and you have Yoshida, and maybe they decide Rafael is the guy or they go out and sign another outfielder as well. But I'm not saying that's the route I would go, but the the emergence of Duran, I think, definitely has changed my opinion where I'd be more open to the idea of moving him and then rather than paying him or extending him, um, I think using that money to go get pitching because they desperately need it he probably is their best trade chip to bring back a piece and save money at the same time. I honestly think we're one injury away from just being out of it. Like we've, we've already suffered so much in the starting rotation. We lose uh, one of the bats in the outfield. Yes. We've already shipped Kike out. If Duvall's gone and Verdugo is potentially gone. I don't like the idea of, of Rafaela coming to Boston this year. I think starting the clock on him now is just not a wise decision for what? Like why? What are, you, what are you trying to prove by bringing him up now? I just, it's meaningless games and you're starting the clock on him early. If we're going to try to pretend like we, we care about the direction of the team in the future, I know that we shouldn't admit that, but we know that every team does time manipulate their players depending on when they come up so that they can, get an extra amount of time in, in service time so that they're not arbitration eligible right away. It's, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm so down right now. This is just really tough. Um, I, I mean, one or two more injuries. I, I feel like this team would, would just be done. I'm super happy that we're above 500, but we've kind of had a little bit of a cupcake schedule. And once it starts to get really bad, I'm really curious to see how this team can handle itself. So we're we're obviously recording uh, during game one here of the uh, two game set with Atlanta. I think two of us predicted a sweep for Atlanta here, but if that were to happen and then you lose, a, you know, say two out of three to the Giants and then we'll have one game against the Mariners on uh, the day before the deadline. You could be close to 500. We won't be below 500, but you could be close enough to it that maybe that's all the justification Heim needs, I guess, to trade these guys. So that being basically back to 500 really, you know, really could open the door for some of these names to to get moved. And I guess if you're trading a Verdugo, you're you're trading Paxton if there's a market and there should be. Uh, he bounced back pretty well in his last start. So it's going to be an interesting week here. Paxton, if Paxton moves, Micah, I, I, I know you're very optimistic and I'm very pessimistic right now. If you move Paxton, how do you tell your fan base that you're still trying about 2023? I think if you trade Paxton, you're waving the white flag. I, I don't see how that, okay, we're how now. you can see that any other way because they, are running out there. They're running out currently two pitchers, two starters, and Crawford right. is trying to be a starter. So you're, what are you going to run out? One, one for sure starter and Crawford and then bullpen three games. Like that's just not realistic. I think if you trade Paxton, you're definitely waving the white flag. Um, but just listening to you talk, Charlie, now you said you're more pessimistic. That's fine. I just, I don't think these games are meaningless. I don't see them that way. I think when you're six games over 500 and you're within two games of a wild card spot, whether you think the Red Sox are going to really compete for the last wild card spot towards the end of the season or even could get in, I'm not saying I would bet on the Red Sox to make the playoffs, but the fact that they are two games out and they're 
six games above 500. I don't consider these meaningless at all. I think they, there's real meaning. I think I, I know I put in in our group chat this morning that you just have to get in. And, you know, the Yankees are a dumpster fire right now. I don't. I think the Yankees are destined to finish in last place in this division, even if Judge comes back. I just, I think that team is so bad. Um, it's just a poorly constructed roster, and then you are fighting with the Blue Jays and the Astros and the Tampa Bay Rays. Let's see if they turn it around. I would bet on the Tampa Bay Rays, but if you if you tell me that Chris Sale can come back, Trevor Story's coming back that Tanner Houck's coming back and you add a starter at the deadline, I say let's at least see where the last couple months have gone. Everyone's talking about the, the, the challenging schedule, and it is challenging. But they also have the – going into the All-Star break, they had the second most wins against teams above 500. They have played well against good teams. It's been the bad teams that have really sunk the, their record. So I, I say let's just see where the season can go if they get healthy and they add a piece – I'm intrigued. I'm not saying I'm I'm optimistic and I'm saying they're they're a playoff team, but I'd certainly think they could be right there in the mix um in the final two weeks of the season. And to me, that's honestly, if you would have told me what do you want in the season, I would want to be watching the Red Sox playing meaningful games in the final two weeks of the season. That's what I want. And I think if you decide to sell now up six games above five hundred. Now it could change come the deadline, but currently six games above 500. That's a, that's a terrible message that you're sending to the fan base. Food for thought real Sorry. quick. Just, uh, just about the Yankees uh, judge could be back this weekend. And I think if they trade for a Cody Bellinger type guy and they are linked to him, that's a bit of a game changer as well. And he's a lefty. Am I correct on that? Yeah. Lefty. Yeah. Murderous. And that with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Short porch. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then their uh, other starter there, Nestor Cortez. I think he's uh, doing rehab games right now. So he yep. should be he should be back. Uh, looking at Carlos Rodon, though, that's pretty ugly at the moment. He's had three starts, given up two, four. Oh, no, I'm not. Yes. Two, four and six earned runs, uh, respectively, with the six run game being against Anaheim uh, on the 19th. So um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule them out, but you know, Cashman's aggressive and he doesn't, he's anti Heim when it comes to the farm. Right. You know what I was thinking today? You want to get random for a second? If Bloom and Cashman both lost their jobs this winter, <laughs> that could reinvigorate the the Red Sox Yankees rivalry. I, I just think it could potentially. It's an interesting take. It's an interesting take. Yeah, we'll for see. sure. I can't yeah. believe I got through this episode with one cough drop. Well done, <laughs> sir. I must be getting better. I'm usually at least four go. of them. Yeah, four deep. Awesome. Well, that is going to wrap it for our, all of us here tonight. Micah, thank you so much for joining us. Awesome getting to work with you for the first time. Terry, a pleasure as always. We'd also like to thank our loyal listeners and to our first-time listeners as well. We appreciate all of you. Everyone have a great night. Take care.